Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mastering Dungeons. Teos is still traveling the world yet again, so I am here with a very special guest, Mr. Dave Christ of Bald Man Games. Hey Dave, what's going on? Hey everybody, how you doing? I'm, I'm just here to fill in for that slacker, right? Yes. Sure he's, he's searching the world for flumps or some other... <laughs> Something yeah, else. yes, probably flumps. If if he could fly flump airlines, we know he would. Even though it might be a little smelly uh, at times, but with the way airlines are today, it might be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say at least you can count on flumps to to be lawful good and uh, do their best to to uh, get you where you're going with minimal hassle. Well, we have a we have a little bit of news to talk about, and then we're going to talk all about Dave and all about Baldman Games. So we're, we're looking forward to that. Uh, the big news that is rocking the game sphere, if you will, is the merger of Roll Twenty and One Bookshelf. So we got news a couple weeks ago that they were going to uh, collaborate to bring content from uh, the Drive Through RPG and the DMs Guild to roll 20 and that was followed up just this last week with the news that they are going to join forces and become a single company or at least under one umbrella um, roll 20 of course is probably the most used virtual tabletop platform for role-playing games not just for D, but for many role-playing games and uh they have at least 10 million users that play role-playing games daily on using their tabletop system and one bookshelf, of course, manages 11 e-commerce marketplaces. We are probably most familiar with Drive Through RPG and the Dungeon Masters Guild, making them, you know, one of the most used online vendors of role-playing games. This partnership will do a lot of things. It will bring content that otherwise wouldn't be available on Roll20 to Roll20, and it gives Drive Through RPG that connection that seems to be uh, headed in the direction of let's see who can play the best games online. Any thoughts on this with you being so uh, versed in this industry? Oh, it was exciting. And of course, you know, Dave's thoughts are only Dave's thoughts and of, of, of no official consequence (laughs) outside of my children, you know, but you know, I was with you originally, right. I thought this was a partnership. Right. I was right. like, all right, they're partnering up. They're going to, you know, see where they can, you know, where there's some synergy, where they can help each other out. And then all of a sudden, you know, some of my friends that work for one bookshelf, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, some of the same, yep. you know, were posting. And I was like, man, your posts don't look like a partnership. Like this is yeah. looking like something different. Right. And suddenly it became a merger. Right. Which, yeah. you know, which isn't surprising me too much. You know, when, when wizards bought D and D beyond, you know, when they bought that from <laughs> fandom, I believe, right. Yeah. It, it was really a shot across the bow, I think, to a lot of companies of, um, oh, crap. Like, yeah. <laughs> like all right, what are we going to do? Um, yeah, it, it seems know. like it seems like a lot. I mean, in business in general, there's a lot of hurry up and wait and a lot of anxiety, especially when one of the big dogs you're relying on for your revenue. Right. D&D Beyond is relying on, I mean, they're part of fandom, sure, but you know, they're, but they're, they're right? Without yeah. the D&D license, there really isn't D&D Beyond. <laughs> yes. It's, it's right there in the name. Uh, and so, you know, all these other companies, I'm sure, were sort of waiting to see what's going to happen. What's Wizards going to do with their online uh, vendor contracts? What are they going to do with... Uh, online tools what are they going to do with a online tabletop and that that uh the purchase of D beyond i think definitely was a seismic uh warning or not not even a warning but just you know a seismic shift in what people might be thinking and that now we're going to see the fallout from that as people don't want to be the one at the uh at the table without it without a chair because yeah, you know, as long as Wizards isn't picking, you know, as long as Wizards isn't picking a favorite, maybe that's not the right term, right? There's mm-hmm. plenty of room in the market for a lot of different players. True. But if Wizards picks somebody, they're almost a kingmaker, mm-hmm. right? If right, so they right, they picked 
even though they had kind of already picked D&D Beyond, right? And D&D Beyond was by far the rules, character mm-hmm. generation, yeah. like anybody else could try to do something, but really D&D Beyond owned that market, right? you know? And if Wizards decided, hey, we want to buy fill-in-the-blank tabletop company, right? right? Whatever that company is suddenly becomes a thousand percent more relevant than they were 15 minutes before the announcement. Right. Yeah. yeah. And a thousand percent more profitable. And a thousand percent more profitable. Right. So I think yeah. a lot of companies are viewing themselves like if I'm not the company that's going to be the king, mm-hmm. how do I, how do I remain relevant? How do yeah. I remain solvent? How do I remain? Yeah. And roll 20 in one bookshelf. Like I said, they're both huge. Right. And together they're significant. Yeah. <laughs> enough. Right. I would, you know, you would definitely call them probably both the leaders in their perspective fields. Uh, you know, while you can buy books on D&D Beyond, you can't buy anything other than Wizards products. So that separates D&D Beyond out from being, uh, you know, in competition with with Drive Through and with uh, d- uh, the DMs Guild and so on. So, yeah, interesting thoughts. And then even more interesting is, now that they're together, they become even more attractive for a potential purchase, either from Wizards of the Coast or from some other person who wants to, you know, other persons slash company that wants to get involved in the industry. So it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I, I think of, um, I, I can never remember the name of it, even though it's right there. The the spin the company that Adam Bradford started uh, when he left oh, Demiplane. Demiplane, right? So now, Demiplane, you know, yep. is, is Demiplane looking at this and going, "Wow, look at this! We have, you know, are they seeing this as a threat, or are seeing are they seeing this as a an opportunity? Are they yep. not, you know, are they not involved at all? It's it's just so fascinating to see." This industry that you and I have been in for a long, long time, which didn't even rate, you know, uh, uh, an article on the last page of the financial section, now becoming something that is still not at the at the height of other forms of entertainment, but is slowly getting there. But I mean, we're to the point where we're we're one of the three pillars of Hasbro, right? right. Which, if you would yeah. have told me twenty years ago, it would have been like. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. I was just hoping they didn't notice us. Like, oh, right. like we were going to get canceled. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. We weren't even worthy of the notice that they would have, you know, done done anything. So that's, uh, yeah, that's a very interesting, it's a very interesting uh, revelation. It's an interesting uh, thing to happen. And you can find a link to and one of the many articles about it uh, in our show notes, but we will be keeping an eye on this and continuing to cover it as events transpire. Uh, two big releases coming soon. The first is the Radiant Citadel, which will be coming out by the time this show drops, it will be out. So it's coming out in a couple of days from now. And then Spelljammer, the official Spelljammer product, will release on August 16th. So, you know, less, about three weeks from now. Uh, you have people out there asking for new content. Here comes your new content. And it's coming fast and it's coming furious. Uh, it, it is. Uh, uh, I have actually Radiant Citadel sitting right over to the left of me. It actually oh. came in. It came in yesterday. The, uh, the special cover is just beautiful. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so I'm looking forward to hopefully this week, one night, actually having time to sit down and, and flip through it and read some of it. Yeah. I've got my, both of mine pre-ordered on D&D Beyond. So I'm waiting patiently for, for those to drop and watching the, uh, the previews that have come out, especially the Spelljammer preview and actually Spelljammer Adventures, the second uh, adventure in that preview pack has come out, but I haven't had a chance to look at it yet because it just dropped this morning. So we will uh, we will be taking a look and probably reviewing that next week. Uh, anything coming from Bald Man Games, uh, you know, as the support uh, show or the support organization for Wizards Organized yeah. Play? Anything you're doing? Anything with either of those? Yeah. So for Radiant Citadel, we actually did a preview back in June. Cool. Uh, we actually ran the opening first level adventure out of the hardback as part of our virtual D&D 
weekends that we run online every month. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, running that in June, we were thinking that was a one or two week preview as that's <laughs> when the book was originally scheduled to come out. Right. Um, it turned out to be more of like a month and a half um, early preview, which was even better for the players. Right. Um, but yeah, we actually continue to run adventures out of that hardback as part of our virtual D&D weekends. So mm-hmm. people that you know have the book, if they're like, oh, this... You know, I'd really love to play this, or I'd really love to play that. We're planning on running them at least for the next few months okay. um, as part of our, our virtual program. And then, you know, we'll talk more about that later, too. We have ways mm-hmm. where you can actually, you know, pick what you'd like to play right? cool. and things like that. But uh, And then Spelljammer, we actually previewed Adventure number 1 and 2 just the weekend before last for okay. our July virtual D&D weekend. We previewed uh, Spelljammer 1 and 2 and ran hundreds of people through those adventures wow. people were uh we kept having to add more tables add more tables add more tables people were uh people were really excited for for spell jammer which yeah. you know i'm an i'm an old time player right yeah. i've played in all the different campaigns spell jammer never quite made sense to me but there is a <laughs> lot of very excited yeah. miniature giant space hamster people out there <laughs> i was gonna ask you know what what your relationship was to spell jammer uh and you just answered it so Oh, it's funny, though, because I, you know, back in the early 90s, I was actually at a convention. It was randomly part of part of the playtest group for TSR uh-huh. for one of the box sets that had the ship, the ship combat roles right. in it. And so we were actually part of the playtest group and we actually broke part of it using Dimension Door and barrels of, and barrels of oil. <laughs> when we figured out a way to roll barrels of oil through dimension doors and blow ships to pieces. And, you know, that was part of our feedback of um, <laughs> on what they needed. To oh, that's funny. Well, you, but, Dave, uh, Dave just gave away the game here on how to bring you know, down spell jammers, how to bring down spell jammer ships. But, uh, but no, it's just, you know, it's, people are super excited about it. You know, we're running all four parts of it at Gen Con, mm-hmm. you know, the entire spell jammer Academy will be at Gen Con. Um, and they sold out in like 10 minutes. Cool. I, I mean, it was just, people are just clamoring <laughs> for Spelljammer, yeah. Yeah. which is and, awesome. Yeah. And speaking of Gen Con, Gen Con 2022 is taking place August 4th through 7th. So just a couple of weeks away. Uh, I know that you can still get badges and you can still get some event tickets, uh, not for Spelljammer apparently. Um, sure. But I was considering, I wasn't going to go because of a thousand reasons. And then I thought for a few minutes, maybe I could, and I went and looked and the housing block looks like it's sold out completely. Uh, yeah. I mean, e- you know, even with, you know, as we come out of the pandemic, right. As yeah. we cruise through, I don't know if this is year two or year 14. Right? <laughs> it, 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 it put yeah. us together, right. But, uh, but no, things for Gen Con are just, they're rolling, you know, the exhibit hall is sold out. It's back to its original size. Wow. You know, we put in thousands and thousands of tickets and they just evaporated. I mean, they were just gone, Um, you know, and so, you know, there's a lot of pent up, there's a lot of pent up demand Yeah, for, you know, people want to go places. They want to see friends. They want to sit at tables. And a lot of people I think are finally feeling with, you know, the, you know, the Gen Con rules of you have to be vaccinated and you have mm-hmm. to have a mask plus the overall vaccination percentage. People are, I think, feeling comfortable enough to go to, yeah. you know, to go to a big show again, yeah. which is, which is great because as much as I love all the other things that we do, you know, at Ballman Games, you know, our bread and butter is, is, you know, people at shows. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, a, it's events. So. Yeah. yeah. It's how you got your start and it's how uh, you, you get your reach out there and hey, let's talk about that. Let's talk about our main topic, which is Bald Man Games, Virtual Play Weekends, Gen Con, and so much more. Yeah, we're doing so much stuff at Gen Con this year that we've never done before. You know, we're, we're, uh, we actually have a booth in the exhibit hall this year. Mm-hmm. So we will be in the, in the hall, you know, like as an official D&D retailer, um, you know, with all of your, you know, D&D goodness that you could want, um, you know, including... You know, we'll be the uh, only exhibitor there with the new Stormrack Isle box set wow. that comes out. So we'll have that available at the show, um, you know, as an exclusive for those, you know, looking to, to pick that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll also be doing a demo area this year. So, okay. you know, for new players coming back to the game or you want to bring your kids to a game, 
Um, you know, we're partnering up with WizKids to have some really cool tabletop experiences by the exhibit hall. Uh, totally free. A little 10, 15, 20 minute experience, right, that you can kind of come by and play. Um, you know, and then we'll have our normal, you know, where we take over pretty much most of the second floor of the JW Marriott will be okay. our main player area where we'll be running thousands of people through Spelljammer, Dreams of the Red Wizards, the D&D experience will all be heading up in our in our main hall again. So, you know, we're not quite back to full size, mm-hmm. but we're getting close. Yeah. And it, it's nice. It's it's nice. So, so what, just to give people uh an idea of the scope of, of what you do when you say almost back to full size, like what was full size for you before the pandemic hit? So, you know, before the pandemic, like I, I always go back to 2019, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people's benchmark, right? It was kind of the last real year of, right. of show growth yep. before the pandemic kind of changed all the, you know, the, the numbers on us. Um, you know, back then we probably would have had about 150 to 160 DMs and we probably would have had somewhere between six and 6,000, 7,000 ticketed events, okay. you know, at the, at the show, right. um, you know, this year we're sitting at about a hundred, 110 DMs, okay. um, probably in the 3,500 to 4,000 range. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're doing well, mm-hmm. um, you know, but we're not quite, you know, we're not quite back there yet. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, you know, we have a lot of DMs that are just kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're just not quite ready to come back yet, mm-hmm. which yeah. I can understand, right? Especially if you have an immune compromised person in your household or, you know, your parents are living with you, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons where people are, you know what, I'm just not quite ready yet. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, the next few years, we'll keep taking steps in that, uh, you know, in that direction. Yeah. So, so let's take a step back and let's talk about you, what you, you know, how did you get into this industry? Um, you know, what was your experience with games? And then when did this go from, hi, I'm Dave to, hi, I'm bald man games. And boy, do we do a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I've played, I started playing D and D in 1982. So this fall coming up here close will be my 40th anniversary of, of playing Dungeons and Dragons, which is just mind boggling. when I think back to, you know, you know, back to those days of, you know, sitting in the basement of my church and coming across this group of people around a table, rolling dice and just kind of stopping and being like, what are you people doing? (laughs) Right. And then I just sat there and watched for like 20 or 30 minutes and I was just hooked. I was like, this seems like the coolest thing ever. I want this thing. Uh Um, you know, and so, of course, that was my entire Christmas ask list that year, right, with my parents, <laughs> right, which, of course, did their best right, <laughs> as parents in the early 80s, uh, you know, to go pick up D&D stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah, I played for years and years and years, um, you know, in the early 2000s, actually right around 99, 2000, I got involved helping the RPGA uh, run some of their living organized play campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2004, I was asked as a favor to run Origins for Wizards for their D&D stuff at Origins because they had a last second back out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of started this whole crazy path of, oh, you did this show. Why don't you do this show? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Can you help us out here? Hey, can yeah. you just do all our shows for us? Right. And I've had titles. I've, I've been what? Event organizer, senior DM, tournament organizer. <laughs> like, I think I'm now considered premier organizer. Right? The titles keep changing. Ooh, premier. Right. Oh, it's premier. It's fancy. Yeah. But, but like most job titles we've had all had through our lives, most of them actually have nothing to do with what we actually <laughs> do on a day. Yeah. So, so just, to, just to set the scene, uh, this is when I was introduced to Dave back in this, you know, 2000, 2001 with the RPGA. And the RPGA would support Wizards of the Coast and vice versa. The RPGA would go to these large events, uh, Origins, Gen Con, Winter Fantasy. And if I remember correctly, they would have a volunteer organizer and they would rotate that person because it was just a lot of work. And, and, and quite frankly, a lot of people didn't do a great job with it. One, because maybe that wasn't their skill set. And two, because there was such a rapid turnover. Mm-hmm. So after Dave ran that one origins and it went so smoothly, 
they basically said, Dave, you did a great job. Could you do it again? And again, and again, and again. And uh, so your organizational skills were uh, unheralded in, in RPGA history, as far as I can remember. Which is just crazy, which means if I would have just screwed up that first one, I would have been off the hook and I would have had a whole lot more free time. But, (laughs) but yeah, you know, one of the things, you know, you know, one of the initial things I saw was how every show was kind of run as its own little individual thing, Mm -hmm. right? There was no consistency between shows. There was no, like the procedure to volunteer, the slots. Like, Mm -hmm. so every time this D like there was no, there was no comfort level if you mm-hmm. were a DM going to multiple shows because everything was different, right? right? So that was one of the very first things we did was like, all right, there needs to be a uniform way this works mm-hmm. so that if you're coming to any one of these shows and wanting to help out, it's the same every time, right? And right, because, you know, I always see my job as we have a lot of awesome DMs and I want to take care of all the stuff that's nipping at them at the edges that's mm-hmm. distracting them from just sitting down at the table and running an awesome game. True. Like I want to take care of the badges and the event space and a hotel block and, and all this stuff. So they have nothing to worry about. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they're like, all I have to do is just show up and run a fun game and I'm done. Like, right. Yeah. right? And amazingly enough, people love that. <laughs> right? It's funny how that works. Right. And when the DMS are happy, they run a fun game and amazingly enough, then the players have fun. Right. Right. And it's, it's, you know, and, but as it, as it grew is when Baldman games, you know, kind of came into existence as I was doing more and more shows, I suddenly realized that I should have liability insurance. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, one person slips in the bathroom and bangs their head on a urinal. Suddenly my kids have to go to, you know, community <laughs> college up the street. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm living in a van down by the river. Right. Right. And when I did that, it was like, wait a minute, if I'm doing that, then I really should have a company. And right. And so then that became the search with my children and wife of what do we call the company? Right. And for years, everybody would always come to shows and I'd always wear this brightly colored orange shirt, almost like construction worker orange. Right. right. If you're, <laughs> and everybody would be like, Oh, I'm looking for Dave. And they're like, who's Dave? Oh, he's that giant bald guy over there. Right. right? And so I just became the bald guy. Right. And so then my kids were like, well, dad, you're the bald man. You should just name it that. Yeah. Right. So you can blame my, I think it was my son, Chase. Right. So you can blame him for the name of the company. <laughs> um, you know, and then of course my wife's like, well, you know, now that you've named your company that you can't let your hair grow back. And I'm like, I'm really pretty sure that's not how it works. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like that's not how, you know, male pattern baldness works. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's great. I mean, yeah, that's so it just became bald man games and just yeah. kept, you know, I like fixing problems. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when I th- see things that are not being done very efficiently or I see a gap, there's that part of my brain that wants to fix it, mm-hmm. um, which annoys the living crap out of my family at times when they're sure. like that. Just leave it alone. Leave it alone. It's fine. Stop. Yeah. Stop. No, no, stop. Don't fix it. Right. right. And so it's always been, hey, Dave, can you help with this? Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. And there's another thing. Well, yeah, it's not only families that don't like that. It's also bosses or you know, people who you are reporting to that often don't like that. So how, how has it been over the years, you know, working, you know, you've worked, you, you have your own company and you do your own thing, but you also work closely, obviously with wizards of the coast. So how has that relationship been over the years? It's so, you know, it's a 22 year relationship with wizards. I've gone through a lot of event managers at wizards. I've gone through a lot of different staff, You know, sometimes the person I'm dealing with is in marketing. Sometimes they're in sales. Sometimes they're part of the the D&D brand team, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but over the last, you know, thankfully over the last 22 years, I've built um, what I like to uh, an immense amount of trust with wizards, Mm -hmm. right? There's pretty much everybody at the company at this point knows me. For the most part, I've been around there longer than probably half the people there that have been there. Sure. Uh, some of the people there started working for me before they right. went over <laughs> and they now work for Wizards. Yeah. Um, you know, so I've gotten to the point where I don't have to deal with as much red tape as I used to mm-hmm. because a lot of times they're like, oh, what are we doing with this? Is this going to be okay? Yeah, we're sending it over to Dave. He's going to take care of it. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. We're good. 
right? And they move on to the next thing. And so I get a lot of freedom to just go and fix things and just go and run things because they know I'm going to, I'm going to take care of it. Right. And, and, you know, we're not going to do, we're not going to do something (laughs) stupid. Right. right? Yeah. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, it's a big company, right. And so sometimes things can move really, really slow. (laughs) Right. That's the only for us, you know, as a small company, right. We can be extremely nimble. Like we can pivot in a week and be ready to do something completely different at a show. You know, a company like Wizards, it takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's meetings and more meetings and senior VP sign-offs. And, yeah. But no, it's it's been great, you know, working with them and, you know, seeing the things coming down the pike. And Yeah. Well, it seems one of the, you know, you talk about being able to be nimble and fix problems. They came to you when they wanted to do, you know, monthly virtual play weekends. And so when did that start and how, how did it go and how is it going? So, you know, our first ones that we did, you know, our first, our first virtual event was Gen Con 2020. Okay. Origins was supposed to have something and then everything kind of fell apart and Origins right. just kind of didn't happen. Right. In right. any yeah. fashion. Um, you know, but, you know, for the, the middle part of 2020, you know, I was kind of sitting around really bored because I'm like, I got nothing to do, which isn't a horrible thing, right? <laughs> I think a lot of us, you know, at the early part of the pandemic, we got a lot of home chores done, yep, right? Yep. My shed got painted, um, the driveway got pressure washed, <laughs> right? We were stuck at home just finding right. all those things to do, you know, but, you know, we, we ran Gen Con online, and we started thinking to ourselves, I'm like, all right, there's no reason we can't do this online thing. But at that point, we weren't thinking about monthly, right? We were thinking about, all right, Winter Fantasy, Origins next year. How do we, how do we set up a system that's efficient, scalable, and repeatable, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we want. Right. And that was right around the time, a little bit before that, Wizards approached us about D&D Celebration, mm-hmm. which, of course, was supposed to be live out in California, but then yep. it became they're like, we want to do this virtual event. And so thankfully, we have a little bit of experience from Gen Con, right? We had already ramped up some things. And so once again, we're like, you know me, I'm like, all right, sure, cool. Let's give this a whirl, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is when I learned what Discord was and, <laughs> you know, all of these things that tools that are amazing. And I can't do anything that I do now without them. But two right. years ago, I didn't even know, what, like, I knew Discord existed, but I had no use, right. you know, for Discord, Um you know, now I manage some of the communities or four or 5,000 member Discord communities that we manage that didn't exist two years ago. Yeah. But, you know, we, once again, we did D&D Celebration. It went smashingly well. Wizards was super, super happy with it, which then just basically got me more work. Because mm-hmm. they're like, hey, why can't we start doing this on a monthly basis? Like, why does this have to be a yearly thing? Yeah. Like, we can, right, the pandemic isn't going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of shows aren't happening soon. And so in October of 2020, we ran our first virtual D&D weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went amazing, right? We had hundreds and hundreds of people sign up and play. And we've been doing it every month since. Yeah. So I don't even know what this, like, we already ran July. So July would have been what, seven, our 21st in a row. Oh, wow. uh, <laughs> so, right, we've run thousands by this point. 10,000 people through, you know, a game of Dungeons and Dragons online. And, you know, yeah. we've built up our own community, right? There's mm-hmm. a community. The vast majority of our players return month after month after month. Um, so, yeah, it's been fun and exciting. Like, once you know, it's a new skill set, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so for people that are interested and maybe don't know about these virtual play weekends, where would they go to get more information, to sign up, to see? So you come in through the Wizards, like if you go to the Wizards of the Coast size, you know, D&D events, you know, you'll see the Yawning Portal. You can also go to yawningportal.com and that will take you to the main landing page of what we do with virtual weekends. You know, it'll show you our past events. It'll show you when our next event is. Our next event is uh, two weeks after Gen Con. So I believe it's the weekend of, well, what would that be? The 20th, I believe. Mm-hmm. So 20th, 21st. It's always a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and we'll be having, we'll be launching the new Spelljammer hardcover there. So not only will we have, you know, Spelljammer Academy, one, two, three, four, 
but we'll be running the, you know, we'll be starting off the new hardback wow. book or slipcase or box set or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> However it's being referred to, you're going to be running to that. that. You know, it's been a long time since, you know, D&D has had a box set, right? So I'm not sure how to do that, but uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, when we have all our games signed up, you know, you know, and, uh, you know, most of our games are $15 a game. We actually pay all of our DMs. So all of our DMs that are working these events, they're not volunteers. They are paid professionals, right, running your games. So we, you know, we, we try to keep a pretty high bar. We're pretty confident that if you sign up and play a game, you will not be disappointed. So how, how are these games run? Is it different from DM to DM or... Uh, so all the games are listed as to the system that they're being run on. So as you know, going back to our earlier part of our discussion, right? A lot of what we do is on Roll Twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of our DMs are most familiar with, but we also run uh, Fantasy Grounds Unity. Uh, we have some DMs that just use Discord, right? Mm-hmm. Just theater the mind. They'll throw up some some pictures and some graphics and use some you know dice bots. Um, we so as I said we do Roll Twenty, Fantasy Grounds, Foundry, uh, mm-hmm. Discord. Uh, we have a DM for the Philippines that uses Albear, which is a dis- I think a Discord plugin. Yeah. Um, but all the games list um, up front what what they're running on. Um, none of them require you as a player to buy anything. So the DMs already have everything that they need. You know, Roll Twenty runs in a browser. Yeah. Uh, Fantasy Grounds requires a download, but the download you need as a player is free. Mm-hmm. Um, And so all this is usually taken care of before you sit down at the table. So you'll be connected to your DM a week to nine days out from the ship, out from your event. Um, And they'll take care of all that ahead of time, right? They'll send you the link to your game. You'll be able to go enter all your character information ahead of time. You know, that way when it's time to, you know, when it's time for your game, right, we're ready to, right, you're ready to play. But we also do learn to plays and all those type of things and learn to use system games, right? So if you haven't used Roll20, Right, we got to learn to play Roll Twenty Gate for you, where you can learn, you know, how the system works and some of the cool things that you can do with it. Mm-hmm. So, for uh, I assume that you're always looking for DMs as well. Uh, is that still the case, or it is still the case? You know, for our virtual D and D weekends, we're actually fairly well set. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have more than we need currently, okay. uh, which means, come on, players, we got we got we got DMs ready to run you some games, but. Um, um, you know, for in-person shows, always, mm-hmm. always, like I just mentioned with Gen Con, we're pretty much completely sold out of everything that's not a, a learn-to-play type event. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually those will fill up with just families and generics, you know, mm-hmm. on site. But all of our actual two, four, 16-hour events are sold out. And I could probably plug in another 30 DMs worth of events, and they would still all be sold out yeah. right so we're always looking for for dms but we also you know we set our bar pretty high mm-hmm. you know so you know every dm isn't perfect for what we're doing right some sure. dms are awesome in a home game but they're really not that right public yeah. play yeah. and home play are completely different yeah. animals okay well I, I want let's talk about that let's talk about that for a second um yeah so say i'm i i love running for my home group and I'm going to Gen Con or I go to Origins or, or Winter Fantasy and or just, you know, any show. And, and I want to be a, a DM that picks up a game and runs it for strangers. What sorts of talents do, do, do I need? You know, one of the biggest things is I think it's a mindset. You know, one of the biggest stumbling blocks of a new DM coming in is this is how I run DM. This is how I run a D&D game. And this is my style of a D&D game. And I'm going to run that style type of game no matter who sits down at my table. Mm-hmm. And we call those the 50-50 DMs. Um, because half the time they will get a player group that sits down that's expect that loves that type of game. And at the end of the game will rant and rave that this is the best DM ever. Mm-hmm. The problem is the other 50% of the time is they're going to get the, the group that might just want to hang out in the tavern for two and a half hours and have a conversation with the barkeep and right. talk to the, to the right. And they will rate that DM as the worst DM they have ever had because he, he doesn't change how he's doing things gotcha. to, to, to kind of with what the table's presenting him. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's flexibility. It's um, 
you know, being able to improv a bit, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, when you're running for your home group, you know your home group. Mm-hmm. You've probably been to their house. You know their dog. <laughs> you know most of their tricks and the silly things that they're going to do, mm-hmm. right? When you get a six, a group of six random people, especially if there's six people who've all played together for a while and you're right. the odd man out, uh-huh. you got to be nimble and ready, right? Yeah. Because they're going to throw some they're going to throw some weird stuff at you. Um, You know, and then the last part is, you know, just trying to make sure that everybody at the table has their moment to shine. Um, Especially, you know, if you have a group, you might have a table where there's five people that came together and the one person that's by themselves. Yeah. Right. And that one person may just sit there and be quiet because they're kind of being overwhelmed by the rest of the the table. Right. And so as a DM, you need to find ways to, right. To pull that person in and make them feel like they're part of a group, yeah. you know, part of that, that, that adventure. So, so, so you've, you know, you've been that DM who has gone from running your home group to running at conventions and you've probably seen tens of thousands of DMS in the same situation coming to you to, to run for, you know, first for the RPGA and then, you know, for the bald man game events. Mm-hmm. Is is that is that something you can learn? And is that something that you as the leader of Bald Man Games can help people learn? Yeah, we have, you know, we have a group called the Herald's Guild. The Herald's Guild is our group of DMs. So a lot of people are like, well, how do I join the Herald's Guild? Well, you just come and DM for Dave, right? And by DMing for Dave, congratulations, you're a member of the, right? you're a <laughs> member of the Herald's Guild. Right. right. And that's our community. We actually have mentors in the community. We actually have yearly awards. Uh, we have channels where people just talk about exactly what you're what you're talking about. Like, hey, I ran this game and I ran into this problem. Like, this is how I handled it. But I don't think I really did as well as I had hoped it did. Yeah. Right. And there's a whole group of just amazingly helpful and friendly people who will sit there and talk through it and be like, oh, that's pretty good. But I might have tried this. Right. Or I had a similar situation and I did this, Um, you know, and there's so much learning that happens, um, you know, outside the game, Um, you know, and the same thing is some of those mentors actually run games for some of the newer DMs. Right. And so they can actually sit down and go, hey, I've been running. I've been running in public for 15 years. Right. And so they'll sit down and be like, oh, okay, cool. This is right. And so it's, you know, there's a lot of community. Right. And I'm a big community person. Right. Mm -hmm. There's there's only so much any group can, can take of just a person standing up in front of them and just blabbing <laughs> right. out data or right. information. Right. We all just yeah. kind of glaze over and yeah. You know, like my son, you know, two minutes into me yelling at him, right. He, his eyes just glaze <laughs> over. And I can see the words bouncing yeah. off of his forehead, but yeah. you know, a community where you're actually interacting with your peers, mm-hmm. you know, and interacting with DMS that you respect, um, you know, it's just invaluable. Yeah. You know, being a, being a DM for bald man games and then like being a, even being a player, you know, I'll run six or seven games at a convention and I'll go play a couple and I'll see those DMs and, and how they go about tracking initiative or, you know, describing a scene or describing a combat or just managing the flow of information. And you learn so much from that, but also going out afterward or, you know, sitting down, these 12 people have all been running the same adventure I have. And now we're sitting down for lunch and that's exactly what we do. We we talk about, boy, this adventure, that one combat, that was hard to run. How did you do it? What tactics did you do? Or, you know, when this spell came up, how did you handle it? Sitting down for lunch, sitting down for dinner, going out afterward and talking about all of these things taught me more about DMing than reading any DMs guide I've ever read. As great as those books are, uh, they don't account for those sorts of experiences that you can get from other people. I know it's like it's it's I always say it's kind of like putting together IKEA furniture, right? You can read the directions, but at some point you just need to get your hands dirty. Yeah. <laughs> because the directions are only gonna get you so far. Right. right. Whether even the best written DMs guide in the world is only going to get you so far, mm-hmm. you know, until somebody at the table says, I attack the darkness and right. you end up totally off track. And, right. <laughs> right. You, you, you will it. you will end up putting the back of the bookcase on the front at some point and then have to switch and it. And then out. go and have to redo and take yeah, take half of it apart again. Yep. But uh, but no, it's it's great. You know, we also do a lot of community events at shows, 
right? Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, we have a, a dinner, on, a DM dinner on Saturday. We have a pre-show meeting where you can actually meet all your fellow DMs. You know, we can, if you're a new player, we give you all these tools of, hey, these are, these are the people that you need to connect with. You have these questions, right? Connect with these different people. If you don't feel comfortable in the big giant meeting doing it, awesome. We're going to hang out afterwards, right? You can kind of come up one-on-one and have those the chats because, you know, everything we do to reduce the stress of the DM, once again, goes back to less stress, more fun game, happy players. Win. <laughs> Win. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so you, you know, you do, as we said, you do origins and Gen Con, you do these D and D virtual weekends. Uh, Talk a little bit about Winter Fantasy because that's a that's a little different. Yeah, so so the RPGA was started by Frank Menser mm-hmm. back in uh, I want to say eighty early eighties, I think yeah. eighty two eighty four somewhere around that way, which is when you started seeing you know if you're old like us and you got the box sets, you started seeing that little flyer insert in there mm-hmm. saying you know would you like to join the RPGA? Yeah. Um, you know, and back then I think back in the late seventies. Frank was tasked with, with creating a show by Gary and that mm-hmm. show was winter fantasy. Um, and so I think the first one was 77 or 78. So the show has been around a while. Yeah. Um, but the first winter fantasy was, was actually almost, you know, D and D started out kind of as a miniatures game, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at what it evolved from, and that was, you know, the first Winter Fantasy, there was like 21 people, invite only, and they were trying to see who was the best person at D&D, right. which is totally anti to everything that is D&D <laughs> today, right? Of, sure. <laughs> we're inviting the best D&D players in the world. <laughs> How do you know who's the best D&D player in the world? Right. Um, you know, I, I can tell you who the best Magic player is or the best Warhammer 40K person is, but the best right. D&D player, that's yeah. very subjective. But that's yeah. what it started as. Um so the show's 40 some years old. Uh, we now have it. Uh, it's in, we've now it's moved around the country. It's been in Chicago and the East coast, but it's, it's a Midwest show. It's got winter in the name. <laughs> um, and so we're back and we're in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is okay. where we've been for a while. And this is a show where take all the D and D that you would get at like a Gen Con or an origins or a PAX, mm-hmm. put it at a show and then get rid of everything else. Right. So there's not a giant exhibitor hall. There's not a giant. It's just friends playing D and D and rolling dice and hanging out in the middle of the frozen wasteland for four days. Yeah. Um, and it's a blast. It's one of those shows, you know, once you come to the show, you want to come back year after year after year because so many of your friends go and it's just, you know, we have a saying, you know, Fort Wayne hates money. Mm-hmm. Right. And Fort Wayne does truly hate money. Um, you know, it's it's one of those shows where I, you can go and play more D&D at Winter Fantasy than any other event anywhere and probably spend about a fourth of the money. Yeah. <laughs> right? Hotels are cheap. The food is cheap. The hotel is, you the know, beer like every, is cheap. Yep. exactly. Every night, everybody's hanging out at the pub and just talking about all the fun games they played and relaxing and, and getting up the next day and doing it again. Um, you know, so this will be the 46th or 47th year, you know, next year will be, um, so, you know, it's exciting. It's fun. You know, it's my, it's my recharge the batteries show, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to draining the batteries, like after Gen Con, I'll go into hibernation for a week or two. Um, you know, winter fantasy, I come out of kind of, you know, charged up, you know, but we're doing, you know, Gen Con and Origins. We're doing Winter Fantasy. Um, it looks like we're going to be at PAX Unplugged this year. Oh, so great. that's a pretty big announcement, right? So we're, we're, we're just trying to put the, you know, the cross the final few T's and dot the last few I's. Um, but it looks like, you know, we'll be at uh, PAX, you know, PAX Unplugged. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some pretty exciting announcements for some stuff that we're going to launch there, but they'll have to wait at least another month or two okay. <laughs> before we're ready to you know, we're ready to talk about it, but we're going to have some really exciting things for, for PAX Unplugged this year. So, wow. That's, that's big news. That's great. I can't wait. We will be keeping an eye on that. So we, you've got your bald man games running conventions and taking care of, of all the DMS and the players and putting bucks in seats and, and getting dice rolling. So what do you do sort of on the publishing side of things? Cause I know that there is a oh. publication out there. I know well, there's a publication. Somebody's name 
right is on it. I'm not sure. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah. So, you know, for the Adventures League, which is the Wizards organized play campaign, right, which you play in the public at your local stores, online at Gen Con or virtual D&D weekends. Um, we've been uh, graced with the Moonshay Isles mm-hmm. is our own little corner of the Forgotten Realms that that Baldman Games has control or ownership over. Um, and we just actually finished wrapping up, you know, this winter, past winter, our Rising Shadows campaign, um, which is almost all in time. I think we're about one month away from everything being available. We're almost there. Uh, but it's almost a 60 adventure. So I'm not even sure how many hardbacks that would become, but it would probably be a three or four hardback epic adventure from like level one. So I think it will take you into just basically the tip of tier four, 16th, 17th level of, um, you know, figuring out who the slain is and what the future of the Moonshay Isles will be. Um, and so that's wrapped up. We're actually launching our new one, which is tied into the Dreams of the Red Wizards campaign. Uh, the third and fourth adventure of that will come out um, at Gen Con as part okay. of our D&D experience tracks. Uh, it's a much it's a little smaller you know, our first campaign almost killed my campaign coordinator, Eric. <laughs> yeah. You know, we had this epic plan and the epic plan got multiplied by three. And then um, it, it, yeah. it is it is an amazing campaign. Um, you know, we're we're working on putting it into some anthologies, which hopefully we'll have, you know, for release next year. But uh, we decided we needed to bite off a little smaller piece this next time around so that yeah. I wasn't murdering the people that were helping me. Yeah. <laughs> so... But yeah, we have tons of platinum sellers up on the DMs Guild, which once again is part of mm-hmm. Drive Through RPG, which is now part of Roll Twenty. So we'll be <laughs> to see what right, what happens yeah. with that. But uh, we're hope we're hope we may have another campaign to launch this fall. So that's going to be one of our big announcements for for Paxu. Um, you know, just trying to get some some ducks in a row mm-hmm. <laughs> to get some sign offs. Sweet, but. Um, yeah, we've sold tens of thousands of, of copies of adventures on 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 drive through. So Yeah. I mean, I know that I was involved at the start of that and that was when the plan the plans were still small and it was a lot of work. But you know, like you said, sixty adventures worth of uh great adventures set in the in the uh Moonshay Isles. So if anyone out there is a Moonshay Isles aficionado um, and you're looking for new content that it's all sitting there on the DMs guild uh, waiting for you to take part. So that's great. So it sounds like uh, you've got a lot in the hopper uh, in terms of, of uh, moving forward with content, with conventions, with, with all of that is, is there any end in sight or are you just strapped in and, and, uh, feeling the g's <laughs> just stra- exactly just along for the ride right it's it's the you know sometimes i feel like it's the cart rolling down the mountain right i can lean left or right but it's going to get to the bottom at some point and i really don't <laughs> have a lot of say in that you know but um you know i always call it my early retirement plan and i always mm-hmm. chuckle because you know it's a it's a two-pronged early retirement plan either i'm going to kill myself and then <laughs> technically i'm retired technically right? yeah or you know, it'll get to the point where maybe I can stop my day job and just do gaming stuff and, you know, do my partial retirement. But, um, you know, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm getting better at saying no. I think we all do as we get older, right? Mm-hmm. We're just like, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, nope, yeah. sorry, I got my kids, right? Yeah. But I still have a hard time, you know, looking at shows and saying, ah, oh, never mind. Right? Uh, so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Dave, thank you so much for sharing all of that information and giving us a little peek about what's coming with Bald Man Games. Uh, I usually try to talk with you like once a year, maybe it's at Gen Con, we'll sit down and record for like 15 or 20 minutes. But I feel like I haven't talked to you in a long time and I wanted to get the full download of, of everything that you're doing. So thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing all of that. Awesome. I appreciate it. And for those of you at Gen Con, you should definitely make sure you stop by the booth mm-hmm. as there may be a few cool things there you might want to see. So yeah. we'll just leave that little tidbit. Yeah. Not to mention the exclusive sale of that new box set 
beginner set that's coming out that only you'll only be able to get by going to the Bald Man Games booth at Gen yeah, Con, I don't think it goes amazing. into general release until sometime in October. Yeah, so that's a couple so, of months. That's good stuff. Uh, well, thank you, Dave, and thank you to all our listeners, and thank you to our patrons for giving us a bit to keep the lights on here. If you like our show, please consider supporting our Patreon at patreon.com slash MMP. So, Dave, if people want more information on Bald Man Games, whether it's on social media or signing up for games, where can they go? Uh, so the best ways, right? You can find us on Twitter, right, at, at Bald Man Games. Um, you know, Facebook, same thing, you know, slash Bald Man Games. Um, our website, baldmangames.com. Um, all of those should pr- provide you links to our community servers on Discord which by far is the best place to hang out if you want to always be in the know as to what's going on because most of our announcements happen there first and then they trickle out to everywhere else. Um, but it's also just a great place to, to be like, I have some questions. Mm-hmm. Usually people will answer them before I've even noticed that you asked a question. <laughs> yeah. um, I have some people working for me that I'm not sure they sleep or they figured out cloning or, or something <laughs> else. But, you know, it's a great way to keep up as to what's going on. And, you know, if you're interested in a virtual D&D weekend or you're like, hey, I'd love to run my family through a demo at Gen Con, they're great ways to go ask those questions so that when you show up at the events, right, you're, you're already ready to go. Cool. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sean Merwin or at the forums at forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can also follow the podcast Twitter feed at Mastering D&D. And you can also leave comments in the Misdirected Mark YouTube channel where you might be hearing this. Mastering Dungeons is a Misdirected Mark production. So now that we know that Gen Con is happening and there's a lot to do, we are going to go kill some monsters yes